You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, we are here. Minor Talk is live, presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. And, oh, man, what an emotional loss for the Miners. I mean, uh, we've talked about this uh, a lot. This UTEP team struggles when it comes to playing on the road. And, Sal, we're talking about yet another loss for this UTEP basketball team. Should not be a huge surprise right here, but, uh, man, the way that it happened could be surprising to some. Uh, It was so emotional. Just back and forth, double overtime loss uh, to Middle Tennessee in this matchup. And Sal, you know, I, I'm again, I, I find myself very disappointed in this UTEP basketball team because they had multiple opportunities and a regulation. They get the last shot, they miss it. I hated their look, I hated the call, uh, and I did not like the play design that was uh, ahead for the Miners. The first overtime, they also had the final shot, and they failed to convert on those two opportunities. Opportunities, uh, when they could have not only taken the lead but probably won the game when it was all said and done. Uh, and yet again, we are talking about another road loss. They are 0 9 on the road this season. Um, I, you know, excuses continue to pile up with this team right now, but I don't take any of them. Look, in this game, they allowed Porter for Middle Tennessee to score 41 points, grab seven rebounds, and he even had 10 turnovers in this game, Sal, and they still couldn't win. Miners forced 25 turnovers. They had 42 points in the paint. In this matchup, they got production from their bench, which is not much you can say for many of the games. 39 points off the bench for the Miners, led by Jonathan Dosanjos, who had 14, looked great, uh, hit four three-pointers in this matchup, yet it wasn't enough. They could not outlast Middle Tennessee. I thought the Blue Raiders, um, you know, they outplayed the Miners in that final stretch of the game. I thought they had better execution, and the way that they were able to hit those shots in that double overtime uh, victory, the second overtime in particular, um, that's what makes them just a little bit more better than the Miners. And as a result, Miners are left to pick up the pieces again, Sal, and figure out what's next ahead for this basketball team. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. We'll open up the phone lines early. 600 ESPN El Paso also on Twitter and X. That is 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter or X. Also want to mention that we'll get to our awards later on in the program. Our player of the game presented by Timothy Cantrell and then the hot hand of the game tonight brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. But Sal, another tough loss for this basketball team. Are you surprised right here? Not necessarily. I think we, we've seen who this team is. They're a team that's going to play high risk, high reward on defense. They're going to get a lot of turnovers. They're going to give up a lot of buckets, but they're going to they're gonna play basically to take the ball away from you type of defense. And um, it, it's helping them out by, by keeping them in games with giving them extra possessions. However, they got to be able to be more efficient in their half-court offense because in games like this where it's going to come down to the final play, which it did more than um, – uh, or final possession I should say when you have the ball Um, twice they had it tonight and um, weren't able to come away with it so we know what they're going to do well we know what they're not going to do well and that's make a good amount of their shots they they were exceptional from the free throw line tonight but the amount of easy buckets they gave up and also um, the the lack of efficiency on offense also too let's just say the trifecta Porter was crazy tonight right this was insane he was killer the game of a lifetime You, you pair it with that Oh man, just the the perfect disaster. It feels like it's almost the same story, except there's there's a slightly different plot twist at the end when it comes to games like this. Our telephone number here to get things started nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. Another loss for this UTEP basketball team. If you want to talk about it with us, we'd love to do it. Six hundred ESPN El Paso on Twitter and X. Uh, Miners lose back to back on the road. I I swore that they would win this game. You know, I, I went on Sports Talk yesterday, called a guaranteed victory. For 
for the Miners. And, you know, uh, it was more on the lines of Sal. they they got to get a road win eventually, in my opinion. But now this is probably a winless team on the road when it's all said and done. I don't see them beating Jacksonville yeah. State or Liberty on the road, and those are their final two road games. Yeah, we talked about it last episode. We reeled off the final three, and this was their best shot to get a uh, to get a win on the road. And I know that Middle Tennessee's record is not all that impressive, and it may not be the uh, the easiest place to play for anybody in the league. But when you're trying to to you know change the trajectory of your season, you got to be able to get a win like this because it's not going to be easy. So un- understandably, so there's going to be challenges. However. When is it finally going to happen? And with these last two games, it's hard to feel confident that they'll get one of those. No, I'm I'm with you on that, Sal. And next week won't be easy either. Uh, their home game against La Tech. La Tech has been playing great as of late. Uh, they have won back to back. In fact, they are eight and three in conference play. They've won eight of their last ten matchups as well. This is a team that doesn't lose. Uh, simply put, so La Tech is coming to town on Thursday, and then the Saturday game against Sam Houston State. Hey, Sam Houston State's about to hold off Liberty right now in a big matchup. Uh, I think that's huge, and that just tells you right there that this team isn't here to just mess around either. That's going to be the game where UTEP honors uh, legendary head coach Don Haskins uh, with the statue in front of the uh, the Haskins Center on that day. That's going to be the unveiling. Uh, they've got to win this one. I mean, if, especially if they're going to be doing all sorts of uh, you know promotions honoring different teams and stuff like that. The uh, the teams out of the 80s who's going to be honored as well. I mean, they have to win that matchup right there. And I don't know, Sal. I don't know if you can necessarily pencil in back-to-back wins next week for this UTEP team. And then that leaves you in a weird place because now the Miners are 13 and uh, 13 overall. They are 4-7 and seven in conference play. If they lose another two games, that means they'll be 4-9 and nine in CUSA play. And, and it's not a um... It's not where you thought or, or hoped that they would be, rather. I guess no. people would think that, you know, after the first couple of games in conference play. But starting the season, if I, if you ask me, hey, they're going to be uh, potentially 4-9 in, in conference USA games. After that UC Santa Barbara game, I would have thought you were crazy. By, right. By the way I, they I look. agree with you. And it's it's not like they're completely getting blown out. They're they're scratching and clawing for these wins, but it's not happening. And it's because of the lack of production on offense. I mean, either way, we, we could take it any any kind of other uh, narrative, but ultimately that's what's dooming them. They're, they're able to pick up in other areas, but until they do that, Adrian, who knows when they're – next conference win is going to be. Good point there, Sal. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Despite the win against New Mexico State, which was 25 points, despite that victory and how uh, good they looked, UTEP can go right back to where you're scratching your head and you're wondering, who is this team really? Let's go to the phones. Let's get it started. It is Richard who is starting us up on the phone lines, 915-505-6009. Richard, good evening, man. What's going on? Go Gators. Hey, go Gators. Gator Richard. Wow, a rare minor talk call. Gator Richard, what's happening? You said rare. What happened the last time I called in? You were, they fired, uh, they yeah. Fired you, the next week. <laughs> yeah, you Remember had that? a crystal ball prediction. Uh, Dana no, Dimmel, no. that's right. You called a cheese it coach uh, for the football right. side of everybody, things. Everybody started laughing. So evidently, people listen to your minor talk and. Maybe maybe they perk up and listen once in a while. Maybe the powers that be, you know, these people that run the NIL money need to listen. Okay. Yeah. What do you have to say? Get to your point a little quicker this time because we got people behind oh, you. Oh, my God. All right. Come on, Adrian. I thought we were better than that, man. <laughs> Anyhow, let, listen, this NIL is not the solution, is it? Because when they're traveling, hey, they're getting paid that NIL money. They're not hustling. They're not doing anything. They're looking like everybody has the flu. Am I right? Okay, but what's your point? Keep going. You, you're just not a believer in NIL money? You take this NIL money, you roll it into some kind of in-house 401k administered type deal where, yeah, you get the money, but if you're not hustling, pal, guess what? You just bought everybody some uh, Uber sandwiches or something. We're taking some of that money 
You know, uh, Gator Richard, this is actually not as far-fetched as uh, some of our listeners who might be tuning in for the first time might think, because other people have suggested incentive-based NIL. I don't agree with it, but uh, others agree with you, Richard, and say that incentive-based NIL is how this team should operate, knowing how much some of the guys are rumored to be making on this team and the lack of production they've seen from them. They need to earn it, just like anybody else that's working and earning a salary. Hey, your production is off, pal. Guess what? Year over year, week over week, you ain't producing. There goes that money. And they don't like it too bad. And and the other thing is, you, you and Steve, during the week, you know, during the regular year on Sports Talk, you keep saying free money, free money, free money. Well, it ain't free money if someone's actually writing a check for it. Is it sure? Somebody, it's a good point. Somebody, somebody, nil should be these cats out there hustling. Oh, hey, I I scored a triple double, right? Hey, put my face out there, and and I, you know, I, I deserve more money. See what I mean? That's the guy hustling, the guy making that triple double. There you go. I appreciate it, Richard. Hey, thanks for weighing in, man. Uh, hey, what you're saying right there is not far-fetched. What you're saying there, a lot of people would agree with you. Make them earn it. Make them have it. Sal, uh, we could rehash this quickly on your side if you want to give your quick thoughts on this. Um, incentive-based NIL, could this ever work? Uh- I think it'll work if you're able to meet the um, the how could I say required salary. They, they if that's the case, I think they're going to come up with like a, like a base sort of salary or a base amount that this is the least let's say minimum wage for example but not minimum wage it's going to be that or nothing and i'm thinking something along the lines of what is a livable an annual livable wage in that city for a student for whatever school it is i th- maybe they can adjust it or they could give a flat amount that's the only way incentive-based uh, pay would work. That's no, the only there's, way I there's no see way. It. I see it no way. There is just no way, in my opinion, this ever actually works. Because NIL, the way that it's set up is so you make this money before, you're even, before you even start the season. That's just how it's set up. Now, like you're saying, if the NCAA were to intervene and say, oh, there's a salary cap across the board, this is what you do. And if you meet these thresholds, then you could end up earning money. I think that could actually be a better way for the NCAA to have a stronghold over the NIL situation. Uh, I just don't see that happening. I think there's just too much money in this right now. And I think yeah. the bigger powers, the bigger blue bloods out there who spend so much money in NIL, they're the ones who end up benefiting on this. But we went off the rails. Let's get back to this game. <laughs> Double overtime loss for the Miners. Middle Tennessee defeats them 96-90. Hunter is next. Hunter, good evening, man. What's going on? What's going on, guys? How you guys doing? Well, we just went off the rails there for a second, but uh, ready to get back to the game. Give me your thoughts on this one, because this one was frustrating, Hunter. They had so many chances. I thought they were winning this one. I thought this is the one that we were talking about for UTEP's first victory uh, on the road this season. Man, everything about it was frustrating, man. It's two really bad teams trying to see who's not going to lose. That was a terrible announcing team. That's worse oh, they were moment. so bad. They were so. I'm sorry. I got to jump in. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll let you finish. I just want to say they were awful, and uh, Middle Tennessee could do no wrong in their eyes, right? Oh, it was it was the most frustrating thing in the world to watch. I mean, uh, two of the worst teams in the country going at it. Uh, the worst announcers. You know, they somehow beat out Mondo Medina for that. I didn't think that was possible. Uh, Apparently the scores of the game were bad, thinking Otis Frazier fouled out with three fouls. I mean, it was just – I don't know why I watched. And that might be one of the last ones of the season I actually watched because I don't know why I let my blood pressure get up when I'm trying to relax. You know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> Yeah, I get you. you. Know I, I think even – well, let me ask you guys. Who was the more talented team out there today? I think UTEP was. I really do. Are you, are you disagreeing? Talented? No, not at all. Who's the most talented team nine times out of ten in this conference when they step on the court? Yeah. UTEP. And who's who's eighth right now out of nine teams in Conference USA? Exactly. So so do you think, like, if you had to rate teams just by talent on their roster, where do you put UTEP? I'd put them in the top five for sure. No, no doubt about it. I mean, they had two preseason all-conference players, and it, on paper, maybe you could have made an argument that they should have had three and uh, an all-freshman or a guy who's going to win freshman of the year in David Terrell. 
you know, and, and I tried to pay more attention. I was listening to Tice before the game, and he was talking about uh, how it seems like ever since that eight-minute timeout, that's where it falls apart on the road for UTEP, right? And uh, it kind of upset me because Golding made a joke out of it and said, oh, maybe we should switch spots. Or I wouldn't be joking. I'd be embarrassed because I think even Stephon Jackson said it. Five minutes and in, that's all coaching. There's talent at every level here. That's all coaching. And if it's all coaching, we got one guy to blame. And he shouldn't be making light of it. I'd be embarrassed about that fact, and I'd be owning that. Enough of these moral victories and, you know, we fought and we did this and we made big plays. Well, at the end of the day, it's still a lot. And we're getting way more of those than we have been getting wins lately. And you need to be able to look in the mirror and see why. They were up. I think they went to the eight-minute timeout, like at 7.42, they were up five. Uh, with two minutes left, they're down four or something like that. A nine-point swing in five-and-a-half minutes. Terrible. Why? Terrible. So, that 13-row run should have been it right there. They should have closed it out right there. It, it's on him because it's almost like he does everything possible to put them in that position. Like if he's sabotaging him some, them somehow – Powell finally shows up, right? He finally starts taking over the game at one point. I don't know if you noticed after that and one what Golding did with him next. He benched him. He benched him. He he didn't have four fouls. Yeah. You know, and he'll do the same thing with Frazier. When he gets going, he sits him on the bench. And I don't care if Hamilton's lip was busted. He can come back and play. What 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 was his uh, plus minus while he was in there today? He was fantastic, by the way. And Derek Hamilton was such a spark for this group. I was very impressed with him. Uh, in this one, plus minus, he was plus eight. One of UTEP's most efficient players. Good call there, Hunter. In fact, the only one more efficient than him was Trey Horton, who I didn't feel like he played enough. Trey Horton only seven minutes off the bench today, and I thought he played pretty sharp in those seven minutes. He had two steals and four points, and he was he was also pretty nice off the bench well at the end of the game you're down three you're down four what kind of players do you want in there you need some three-point shooters right yep he does not trade he does not put trey horton in he does not put baylor heb in and he just keeps doing the same thing and and what really cost them the game was having solomon in there when they took hamilton out because solomon was constantly getting lost on those pick and rolls Solomon was getting beat by that big guy where he'd either have to do a cheap foul, and that guy didn't miss free throws, man. I think he missed one out of all the ones he shot. Or someone else would have to come cover because he got beat, and now that's leaving a wide-open three. So between that and between allowing Powell to do whatever he wants and Golding not making any adjustments saying, make someone else beat us, that is 100% coaching. And if he doesn't realize that, he's more clueless than any of us even think. That, that he puts them in positions to fail. The reason they're held back is not their talent or their ability. It's their coach. He's been holding them back with his poor substitution, his poor time management, and his poor scheme. And it, it's, I'm 100% off the golden train here. Wow. It's, and then, Hunter, do you see – the last thing I'll ask you this, and I don't know how to ask this question. Whether I just have to put it bluntly. Do you see complacency with how this season's going to wind up and end up? Because I think we all see the writing on the wall. But is this complacent to you, or do you feel like they're giving it their all? No, they're, they're, they're trying. But when you're not put in the right position to succeed, that makes it that much harder. When you're, you're having to go in there and battle and you've got to score this possession because you're getting beat because you got the wrong personnel in the wrong spots, you got to battle. When your coach does not dial up a good play for you to come and succeed, you're put in a bad spot and you have to battle. That head coaching spot is so important, especially because he's absentee assistant coaches that he's hired that he's friends with and he's loyal to the death about. They, they contribute nothing. So this is 100% on him, and he does not put his players in a position to succeed. And that is your number one job as a head coach. And everything that I've said is factual. You look at the facts like Derek Hamilton's plus minus. You look at the facts like look at those cheap fouls that Solomon picked up that that guy had to make those free throws. Powell just obliterated him all day with zero adjustment on his part. These are facts. It's not my opinion just because I like or don't like the guy. I actually like Golden. But everything that I've seen – He's not the man for the job. I hope he's lying during his post-game interviews because if he believes what he says, he's more clueless than, than, than I thought. 
Yeah, I hear you, man. Hey, I appreciate it, Hunter. Thanks for weighing in. Thanks for your thoughts. And uh, yeah, I hear your frustrations are like a lot of other minor fans. Uh, one of the things I wanted to touch on that uh, Hunter brought up, Sal, was the rotations. I think that uh, we highlighted the rotations earlier this week on Sports Talk, but I think tonight the issues, the glaring issues with the constant rotations were evident. And I heard it in the post-game press conference or with John Teicher, how Joe Golding was talking about how their goal was to play every single player on their bench. But when you're actually getting production from your bench and you're not getting it from your starters, why why uh, go anywhere else? I mean, you have it right there from your bench. I was disappointed they didn't use it even more than they could have. You need as much continuity as you can get when you're out there, as much momentum as, as you can get, because right. we've seen the droughts that they go on, but if we're able to withstand that with a, with a lineup that's performing pretty solid, I think you've got to ride the hot hand, especially when you don't know where your offense is going to come from on a game-to-game basis. Get as much out of you can as get as much out of it as you can, especially when it's rare to see guys get high or be at the very least efficient on the floor at the same time. Let alone one guy. Yeah, I mean, think about Jonathan Dosanjos. Just take him for example. Last year, and I remember this, he single-handedly helped UTEP around this time of year win against UTSA on the road with his three-point shooting. Tonight was kind of the same thing. It was the John Dosanjos game, and they still couldn't win. They still couldn't close out the game and they still didn't have a chance uh you know when it's all said and done to say that they won on the road which is something they haven't been able to say all season long let's go to twitter or x uh 600 espn el paso and minor talk uh pinky chimes in saying terrible e garcia oh well like coach joe golding says they played hard trey chauvin if golding is still coaching this team next year no one will be at the don haskins center what worst coach that has ever coached at utep period I hope that Horton and Hamilton both transfer. They get no playing time. Horton is our best pure shooter and isn't in the game when it counts in the last two possessions to win the game. Golding is easily, and I mean easily, the worst coach in Conference USA. Man. Uh, some harsh criticism right there. This is coming in from Pick My Axe 915. Just not a good basketball team. Joe Chacone, the game cast was horrible too. No replays. Stats were all wrong. Super frustrating. Miners had opportunities, but I believe the odds were stacked against them tonight for sure. Hashtag Miner Talk. Hashtag Pinky Needs a Drinky. <laughs> That's a new one. It. That's a new one. That's a good. That's really good. Uh, Sal, what do you think of the refs? If somebody uh, calls in today and says, "Hey, you know what? The Miners played hard. This was an entertaining basketball game. Double overtime on the road. You got to give them credit for fighting hard in this game." And the refs had it out for them. What would you say to that? Uh, I would totally disagree. The referees um, are not named uh, Justin out there on the floor just killing it I mean Porter finishes with 41 points King gets 11 uh, Coleman Jones was incredible he almost had a triple double yeah with, with his 15 points at the very least and he's active he gets four fouls but 13 boards eight assists he's in the mix he played 45 minutes tonight he killed it I and, loved his play I mean you go, and what did they do and this is why they normally play eight guys a night because they're able to ride the hot hand now it's easier said than done obviously there's been injuries in the mix but um, you just just got to give it to Middle Tennessee tonight. Guys came to play. I, I think the difference here is that it looked like they were ready to play five overtimes tonight. And with UTEP, they did get a bit gas and a bit, um, what, what's the word, demotivated whenever uh, Porter was, was shooting it from long range. No, you're Who no doubt it about it. Yeah, you're exactly right. 915-505-6009. It's so true, Sal. And I'll say this. I'll take it even a step further. How about the fact that Middle Tennessee didn't even have Burford or Johnson to close out the game? Both of those guys fouled out. And I was just shocked the fact that this team continued to uh ride, you know, um continue to go out and actually, you know, push past UTEP and actually close this one out. Even Porter, he walked out pretty gingerly in this matchup and he was able to come back into this game. So I, I was just, you know, I, I'm, again, lost for words, not surprised. I mean, I'm really surprised that they lost this uh, game. And uh, for this basketball team, they're just probably not going to win an, a single game on the road the way it stands. 915-505-6009. Back to the phone lines we go. Ronnie is next up on the phone lines. Ronnie, good evening, man. What's going on? 
What's going on, guys? Hey, another UTEP loss, Ronnie, and this one's on the road. Their ninth loss away from the Haskins Center. Yeah, I know. I, w- I would implore fans, fans like Hunter and different people to not, you know, be preaching the same old, same old. You know, it's like no matter who the coach is at UTEP, they swear he's no good. They love him when he first comes and they turn on him. It's like, well, what do you guys want, man? Like, you got to – you got to understand what do you want because I've never won an NCAA tournament game. I'm sure the fans haven't either, but the guy did win an NCAA tournament, so you got to let him have some leadway and some grace because when we had Terry, everybody said Terry was a robo coach. Okay, he's gone. Now everybody loved Golding. No, they don't. It's like, well, <laughs> what do you want, man? Like, what do you really want? Like, you got to give the guy some saving grace. But it, this goes back to what I said, and I've been saying all season. It, it isn't. They didn't lose because of NIL. They didn't lose because of Golding. They didn't lose because of lack of recruiting. It's just they have the wrong kids. They do not have winners. I can't overestimate that enough. Do you know what the NIL is at Vermont? What is it? I'm actually curious. It's what is zero. It? It's zero. Did you, wait, wait, real quick, Ronnie. Did you know it's the LaTeX NIL is zero? LaTeX, yeah. they just started it this year. They just yeah. started it. Exactly. So it's not about NIL, man. It's about getting kids who win basketball games when maybe their go-to skill isn't there. Do you have other ways to impact the game? That's what this comes down to. I said to the beginning of the season, nobody agreed with me. Every game that Tay Hardy leads you in scoring is actually a game that you're probably going to lose. He is a black hole, no pun intended. He went 8 of 23 tonight, man. But guess what the kid on the other team did? He had 41 points and he's very efficient. That's what a high-level basketball player looks like. And until you get kids that win you games and don't just fill up the stat sheet, it's going nowhere. It's kind of like Jalen Green for the Rockets. He ain't no good, and they know that. He's just going to chuck them up there, but they ain't going to make no impact on the game. Hmm. I mean, you got to get kids, man, that can put the ball in the hoop, defend, and do other things when those things break down. Once again, UTEP gives up 90 points again. That's not even a golding like that. Like, that's, like that to me, when that happened against Western Kentucky, I told you this. That's scary to me. Forget the loss. That's scary because now you're giving up back-to-back 90-point games. Everybody wants to say, well, uh, UTEP's got the more talent. Really? Do they? Because when you got that much talent, I don't really think you're playing 8, 9, 10 kids a ball game. He was not that deep. That first but was but who, does, who is that on? Is that on, that is that on coaching, though, or is that on them? Uh, I think both have to play a part here. I mean, Golding can't block a shot, can't move his feet, can't make a shot. He's on the sideline. These, this is men's basketball. Last time I checked, it's not boys' basketball. It's men's basketball. So that means when we go out there, we're going to practice, we're going to put in a game plan. But when the game starts, things break down, people know what you're going to do, players have to make adjustments. And that's what makes the NBA players so great. they got to make adjustments quarter to quarter, not half to half or game to game. They don't have that type of time. Livelihood is on the line. College kids don't understand that, hence why only 1% of Division I basketball players make it to the NBA. But you got to go out there and drop your nuts, man. you you got to adjust. you got to say, no, this guy's working me. He's already got 30. i got to switch. i got to get somebody else. Like, you got to have this type of mentality and pride that you want to do something. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to tell you something. It's not NIL that's killing UTEP. It's the players. You, you hit the nail on the head. They're way too complacent. They're way too comfortable. they got the name on the back of the jersey. They're flying on a freaking charter jet to every road game. Put those damn kids on a Greyhound bus and let's see how much they want to play. Put them on a bus and let's see what they Because guess what, guess, guess what they do in the Northeastern Conference, Vermont and all those schools? They, they ride the BM to a 10-hour ride. They ride the bus everywhere in the snowstorm. They don't have that type of money up there. But Vermont seems to play a tournament and beat people. And their kids aren't complaining because what they want to do, man, they want to ball. They want to play. They want to win games. They understand this. They, they want to take more uh, opportunity that's given to them. They want to take more advantage of that. And that's the problem at UTEP, man, is that we're spoiling these kids. Football and basketball are spoiling these kids. We're begging the fans to come out. Don't, don't blame the fans when they don't show up. Say, you know what, i got to put a better product on the floor, and then the fans will come. But don't you dare call out the fans when they don't show up. Don't do that. Don't do that. Well, especially this year, right? Especially this year, because it's it's really disappointing. And I appreciate the phone call, Ronnie. Thanks for waiting in. i, I got to get to another call. I appreciate it, man. We'll see you next week. 915-505-6009. Sal, I, I mean, Ronnie brings up some interesting points. And uh, I think that the recruiting points are why I was out on this team earlier this season. Like, I, I probably checked out a little bit earlier than where we're at right now. Uh, early January, mid-January, that's kind of when I realized 
realized the guys that they recruited into this new system, into this new mix, were not difference-making players to where they can actually compete, uh, compete and contend to try to win Conference USA. And and you know where I, what I look at right now is that's the bar every single year. You got do you have a roster to make a run, even if you're a dark horse team in the CUSA tournament? It has to be something to um, to really look at because what we've seen is, yeah, guys may step up here and there in certain areas, but who's going to leave a stamp on the game? Who's going to leave their mark? And, you know, we, you and I are in, an agreement, uh, are in agreement that Tay Hardy's got to be that go-to guy just about every night, but terrible, terrible performance. Yeah, he gets 24 points, but he takes 23 shots, only makes eight. He misses four three-pointers. He gets four fouls, four turnovers. This is a guy who played the most minutes for a minor, 41 minutes tonight, and he leads the team, uh, or um, second place, I should say, with uh, two other guys. Four turnovers to his credit, and that's not... That's what he averages? uh, Not average, but... uh, that's what he had tonight. That's what he had tonight. Yeah. Got it. Matter of fact, no, he did lead the um, the team in turnovers, but he gets four fouls, and um, guys were uh, maybe there was ticky tack fouls on some of them. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, too, you got to realize that the ref is calling the game a certain way and adjust to it. It's about making adjustments, not not even just offense or defense, but how is the game being officiated? What can I change to not get into foul trouble and disrupt any type of defensive momentum that the team may have, too? Let's go back to Twitter next. Uh, 600 ESPN El Paso. So that's where we're at right now. This is coming in uh, from Joe Chacon. I think it's time to create a new stat that UTEP Minor Voice has to say so often this year. It could easily be trending missed opportunity he must say this at least 10 to 15 times a game that equates to 20 to 30 missed points david corral jr talk about disappointed and underwhelming team it's frustrating to watch all that talent go to waste uh pick my axe 915 winning basketball doesn't matter we added 15 steals to our record-breaking season golding for president uh jokes aside this is a bad basketball team bad last season bad this season and will be even worse next season if a change isn't made up top unless we can hire Rodney Terry as an assistant to be our recruiter lol uh, from pick my axe 915 wow <laughs> that's really interesting right there uh, another one from Joe Chacon this was Middle Tennessee's broadcast at least when we watch the UTEP broadcast they show replays and stats uh, and then Jacob M- Matthew was saying UTEP is just as bad talking about um, you know this Middle Tennessee team. Tristan Pence with a series of posts as well, and then we'll get to Kurt, who's joining us on the phone lines. Number one, the Miners were essentially beaten by one player today. You would think a coaching staff prides itself on, that prides itself on defense would be able to figure out a way to keep the ball away from Porter, but I guess that's too difficult task for Golding. Hashtag Miner Talk. The Miners gave a great effort and dominated several stats tonight, but Golding and his incompetent staff are just too much of a liability to overcome. Oh, for 9. 3 of 19 over the past two seasons on the road is unacceptable, especially in a week conference USA. Hashtag minor talk. This is coming in from Travis Allen Fortune with a series of posts as well. I'm sick of people repeating all the myth that center hired Golding solely because he beat Texas. UTEP hired Golding because he had he led Abilene Christian to the NCAA tournament in 2019 and 2021 while his 2020 team was in a conference title contender before COVID canceled the season. If Golding can succeed at Abilene Christian, then he can succeed at UTEP. Interesting. From Travis Allen Fortune. He's not out. He's backing up uh, Joe Golding here. Let's see if others will as well. Let's keep things moving. 915-505-6009. Kurt is next up on the phone lines. Kurt, good evening, man. What's going on? How you doing? What's up, Kurt? Good to hear from you. Uh, very, very, very frustrated, guys. Uh, I mean, I'm a season ticket holder. I go to all the games, and I've had enough of this team. Uh, this team is not not good, plain and simple. There's no alpha dogs in this team. There's no scores in this team. They look lost on offense. Um, Hamilton should have been playing more. The substitution is, is, is wrong by the coach. And I hope these freshmen stay because I don't know if they're going to stay or not after, after, after this season. Um, it's very frustrating. This, this staff has not, not not brought in a good team here, and this conference is not really that good as it is. Right. And we still can't win in this conference. 
Yeah, I mean, look, the the thing that frustrates me is this conference is down. Remember last year, Kurt? It's Florida Atlantic, it's UAB, it's Charlotte, it's North Texas. This year, none of those teams are even in. And yeah, you can make arguments that there's a lot of parity and the uh, road teams are not winning. Uh, only you know, there's only been ten road teams that have won this year out of like thirty games or thirty plus games, whatever that might be. But I don't really care because uh, UTEP has three. Uh, older players on their team and two guys who are a preseason all-conference. And the three uh, older players, Calvin Solomon, Zid Powell, and Tay Hardy, they played college basketball for a long time. So, you know, I, I think that this team, top to bottom, from coaches to players, has to take some accountability on the struggles they've had this year. Kurt, do you feel like this year is worse than last year? Uh, I do I do think it's worse than last year. This is, I, this is Golding's third year. You, usually, you you got to see improvement each year, and it's, it's, there's been no improvement in this you know, three years here. And it's and it usually you got to see some kind of improvement. Nothing's going on here, and it, going forward, I think he's in the hot seat. He should be on the hot seat because UTEP's got a tradition, a basketball tradition here, and this should, we should stand for this. And it's I think in this coaching staff, I, I'm not sold on those guys either. They're not bringing in the right players, and Coach Golding should be on the hot seat because this is not this is not acceptable can't win a road game in this conference it's embarrassing i hear I, you i mean so i that's all i'm gonna say because i'm very frustrated guys i enjoy watching your listening to your show you have a good evening hey good stuff kurt it's always great to hear from you man thanks for weighing in 915-505-6009 sal i'll ask you the same question is this team better than last year? Last year was 14 and 18. Last year, UTEP had an 80. Uh, their defense was ranked 81st in the country. Their offense, 287. Uh, this year, their defense is ranked 83rd in the country. Offense, 312. Um, where do you rank, or how do you stack up these past two years? Which one, which team is better than the other? I, I think, uh, oh man, that's tough. It's a tough question, right? It, it, I'll say this. They're different teams, but it's the same result pretty much. I, I think this year's team is um, is quicker and a little bit better in transition, in my opinion. They're, they're obviously better in enforcing turnovers, but they're giving up way more easy buckets than last year too. So how, how much does that even weigh? Like how much does that even change these two? Um, I would probably – oh, man. It's hard, right? I like the talent on this year's roster better than last year, but by facts, last year's team might be better overall. Like you, you might have to say that last year's team could actually win a road game, which they did. You know, okay. it wasn't a lot, but they did win road games last year. They won a, a road game at UTSA. They won a road game at Florida International. So um, they struggled at home. They had a 7-13 and conference record, which is probably what this team is going to be as well uh, when it's all said and done. They're 4-7 and right now in conference play. I, I don't know, man. I, I know that he probably, Joe Golding probably likes this team more than he likes last year's team, and it's probably because of the, you know, the potential and what's ahead with guys like David Terrell Jr., but still, I don't know if last year's team was better, you know, it actually is worse than this year's team. I think this year's team is worse. I would take last year's team, and that's saying a lot, because last year's team was a losing team, too. Yeah, it's it's hard, man, but... I think the one tiebreaker, and you said it for me, would be who can win on the road? Yeah. How many road wins did they have last year anyway? That's a good question. I got got to double check on seeing that. that. right now. Yeah, Yeah. that's a good question. Um, I'm looking at it right here. Uh, They had – I think those were their only two. They had actually they beat Charlotte on the road too. So they beat Charlotte, okay. UTSA, and Florida International. All three conference road victories for them. Uh, not a lot. I'm not. <laughs> that's not a great accomplishment by any means. You should have like a 500, con- uh, you know, a road record in conference play. That's how I look at it. Especially uh, since it's Conference USA. I, exactly. I, I know that it may be tough night in and night out, but that's how you got to separate yourself. Is you know, boys went at home, men men went on the road exactly lola lendon 
posts into the program. You don't think that Joe Golding would have the clout to get the job without the Texas win? I'm not saying that he didn't deserve the job, but let's stop pretending that he wasn't the third choice after uh, Liato and Peasy turned it down. Uh, this is coming in from Joe Chacon. This was a Middle Tennessee broadcast. Oh, I already read that one. Sorry. This is Adrian at Enemy Win 3. Hunt- Hunter was one of the fans who said we needed a coach instead of a recruiter, and now he's out on Golding. Make up your mind. Well, I'll say this, Adrian. Rodney Terry got killed today on the road against Houston. And Texas, they're not a shoe-in for the NCAA tournament. No doubt about I mean, they might be. They might get like an eighth seed, ninth seed when it's all said and done. But it's no guarantee that when it's the postseason, they're for sure getting into the NCAA tournament the way that this season has gone for them. Uh, 915-505-6009. is our telephone number. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter or X and 600 ESPN El Paso.com uh, where you can listen in and uh, also submit an app post to us uh, on our free mobile app. I also uh, want to push that as well. Uh, Miners right now 13 and 13 overall. Ken Palm has them finishing out the season with a losing record, 15 and 16, 6 and 10 in conference play. They have them losing to La Tech beating Sam Houston State at home. That's next week. They have them losing the two road games to Jacksonville State and Liberty and beating Florida International, their final home game, on Thursday, March 7th. Uh, Sal, what do you think of that prediction right there? UTEP pretty much uh, winning two of their last five games to close out the season. Is that too much? Is that too little? Where do you think they – what's Mm, different there? I, I think it's too much. Wow, uh, I I do. I think maybe one is is more like it. If they could get to do, if they can get to two, I think that's oh, a better man. finish than um, than a lot of people would expect. I, I think it's <laughs> honestly, man. Uh, you said two out of the next five. I think one out of the next five is is more like it. And I'm, I'm not even trying to be sarcastic. Okay, I, I want to throw something at you, Sal. Is this the worst UTEP athletics year we've ever covered for minor talk? <laughs> um, for, We're on year five, for right? Football and basketball. I would say like combined, so. right? Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't say it's the worst <laughs> UTEP year in general. We because I still got to give credit and a big shout out to the volleyball team. I mean, what they did, right? Was they, no, amazing. no, they were the highlight of the exactly. Year. They were the best. They were the shining bright spot of the entire UTEP athletics yeah. calendar. And softball has a chance to be second uh, the way they've started things yeah. off. So credit to them. Yeah, definitely got to give them credit and uh, go out there and. If you have a chance to go see the game, definitely go out there and support them. But um, it, it's hard, man. I think I think last year may be the toughest just because, obviously, or this year rather, because it was um, – we saw what happened with the football season. Everybody was upset more – this year than they were last year with Dimmel. And last year, I didn't think it could get, it could get any higher, to be honest. Right. But, but this year, man, with football, definitely the most heated. And then with basketball, man, it's it's kind of heading towards that, that type of feel. Yeah, and for basketball, I'll say this as well. I mean, I think fans right now, they want uh, – they want- production they want a winner and Joe Golding when he came to UTEP and he when he was hired here he promised a winning program fast like he didn't want not want to make this a long rebuild that was one of the things he stressed over and over at that time and they won 20 games in year one granted it was with the previous regime's players uh, Joe Golding re-recruited a lot of those guys Sule Boom Keontae Kennedy Jamal Bienemy. Titus Verhoeven, you name it. He had to bring a lot of those players back on his roster, and they had success. 20 wins. They had a lot of fun that season. And that season, yeah, there were some adversity that that team faced, but they won on the road, and they were really talented. Um, and I love that team. That, that was a really fun team to watch. And that team made people really excited about what was ahead or what was in store for the future with Joe Golding, knowing that that team had had really, you know, not a lot of expectations around them and yet they you know they pretty much would you call it an overachievement in that first year or do you think 20 wins is like proper for all the talent that was on that roster I I think 20 wins is uh, realistically we all know hindsight's 2020 but seeing where a lot of those guys have gone and what they've been able to accomplish 
I'm going to say it's an underachievement. Wow. 20 wins? Wow. Absolutely not. I think 25 <laughs> to 26 is more likely, especially when you have um, some good veterans on that ball club. Yeah. I mean, look, I love Jamal Bienemy, and I'm the biggest Sule Boom fan out there. So, I mean, Sule Boom went out and won Big East Player of the Year with uh, – with Xavier, um, you know, just a couple seasons ago. So, yeah, that's an interesting take there, Sal. Maybe a little underachievement by that squad. And, uh, you know, for, for that team, they lost in the Sun Bowl Invitational. That's one of the things that you could also say they did not get a trophy there. So maybe some more uh, non-conference victories that they could have gotten earlier in the season. And, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting way of looking at it. But, um Outside of that first season, this program and this coaching staff hasn't shown it can put out a consistent winner, and I think that's the thing that they're trying to figure out right now. Let's go back to the phones. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Back to the phones. It's it's Ed who is joining us next. Ed, what's going on? How are you? <laughs> How are you guys? Oh, we're hanging in. Ed, we're hanging in. What about you? Well, you know... Uh... You guys made me call back again and go through, uh, okay, well, forget the sarcasm. Let's just, let's just start the call. Let's rip the bandaid off. Go for it. Go for it. (laughs) Here's what, here's what I've learned in the last five years. Okay. From sports. And I'm going to make an analogy here. The Dallas Cowboys who I can't stand have exhausted almost 20 years with two mediocre, below-average quarterbacks, okay? And what did I learn from that? Is that in pro football, if the quarterback cannot get you to the second round of the divisional playoffs within five years, you should trade him, okay? And what did I learn about college basketball? With the new NIL and with the transfer portal, you should not be giving five-year contracts to college coaches. They should mo- show marginal improvement within three to four years, but you should not give them five-year contracts. So that's the point I wanted to make. These are the things and the observations that I have learned or that I believe in. It's interesting. Um, are you alluding that Joe Golding should not be around next year, or are you saying that, um, at, you know, because – over this offseason, Ed, he's going to have to kind of coach out his contract, right? And so behind closed doors, I'm wondering if they're going to negotiate or try to negotiate an extension. And I, I think that's even, that's pretty ridiculous to talk about right now without the marginal improvement that you're talking about right there. So what are you trying to say? Are you saying that um, after year three, going into year four, he should be on the hot seat? Well, what I'm saying is because of the way the college game is going today, with the NIL money and with the transfer portal, the way the transfer portal has evolved college basketball. And let's be honest, the transfer portal has a lot of improvement to do. And they have made a wild, wild west out yes, of it. Yes, I agree. It doesn't matter. You, you, can't, you cannot make excuses. But what, what I'm really saying here is you should not, as a university, and I'm not, I don't want to put it all on Joe. I'm just saying in general – a university should not be giving any more five-year contracts to a college coach because the game is moving so quickly. You should be able to have some level of marginal improvement. Now, I want to make one other point here. They gave that two-year extension to Dana Demo, and it cost them. And <clears throat> we're almost in the same situation here. I'm not saying that there is an extension, but what I'm saying is – you're in that same position right here. I hate to say this, but could UTEP be in a position of having to change a basketball and a football coach in, in, in theory in the same season? Is that where we're going here? I'm not saying I'm, that's a possibility, but the honest truth is the money is kind of in the same range. That's my point. You should not be giving a five-year contract anymore to any college coach in basketball football is different but in basketball i just don't believe it right now and and i think that's what you guys said the other day 
that he's on a five-year contract. He is. And I you're he you're exactly right on contract. this. You, you're, you hit the nail on the head on this, Ed, um, as far as all your facts go. So everything you're saying is backed with all facts. So everything you're saying is correct. Um, now, your feelings are real interesting. What you're alluding to is, you know, no five-year deals. Uh, basketball should be, uh, ch- you know, transformed or, I guess, rejuvenated within a three, maybe four-year period. And you should kind of know what the coach is. And I appreciate the phone call, Ed. Thanks for weighing in. What do you think about that, Sal? I, I agree with him because I do believe that with the NIL and the transfer portal being what it is, and UTEP has an NIL collective, it's $300,000. And by the way, Ivan just chimed in saying, not sure where Ronnie's getting his info or is he wrong? LaTeX started an NIL in 2022 or did I hear wrong? Yes, Ivan, you heard wrong in this situation right here. Uh, LaTeX started an NIL marketplace. This is very basic. This is like, hey, you know, support the football team with 25 bucks and it'll be spread across the team. Yeah, it's very, very basic and it's not a true NIL collective. They recently launched a collective that is going to have maybe $20,000 for their entire basketball team. I don't know if that's going to go to one player, if that's going to go to like three players, if that's going to be dispersed to all the scholarship players, maybe that's 13, whatever it might be. Point is, LaTeX has their NIL in its infancy. UTEP has their NIL or has had it for about a year. $300,000. And this team right here is reaping the benefits off the NIL money and it's dispersed across this roster. So with all that being said, Sal, should there be quicker fixes in college basketball in your opinion or five years is the right thing? Um, I think there should be quicker fixes, especially with how much more often we're seeing it nowadays. I don't want to say it's rare. It may have been rare before, but it's it's not as rare nowadays. The game's evolving right before our very eyes. Skill sets are different, and to get certain types of players to your program um, that can be a difference maker is, is kind of up there in terms of what exactly you need to do to kind of turn that corner. And some coaches are able to do it at some places quicker than others, and, and some places do advance have advantages I'm not saying that they don't but we're seeing it all over the um, all over the country and in other parts of this country so how come it hasn't happened at UTEP I do think five years is, is way too long yeah it's interesting it's an interesting thought right there and I do believe uh, fixes should happen a lot quicker as far as programs go or winning goes uh, so there you go there's our thoughts um, 915-505-6009 I think we're starting to wind down here on the show um, let's go to a couple more posts. This is coming in from Pinky. What is uh, what stupid fouls by minors right before halftime? I just don't get it. Uh, that was from earlier today, much earlier. John, Ty- this is from El Paso Visuals Deportivos. Ivan again. John Teicher is currently ripping the refs, and I'm loving it. Quote, who is in charge here? Apparently not the guys in stripes. Hashtag minor oh, It was great, man. Because there some was, good lines today. Th- there was so many stoppages, and I think the longest one was um, – I don't know what play it happened on, but it was after um, – was it Frazier? That that left out. Who was it that had the busted lip today? Uh, Hamilton. Hamilton. After Hamilton went out with the uh, with the busted lip, he's like, "What's going on here?" And he was even naming the ref, like name dropping and everything. It was great. That's awesome. That's great. I love I'll that. Try I love that, it, man. Uh, Pinky chimes in. Are the UTEP men's basketball uh, is UTEP men's basketball snake bit? No calls by refs. Miss every shot and their free throws. Ball doesn't bounce their way. I'm just saying. Uh, Texan till I die at UTEP Milkman. Not sure I've seen worse officiated game by uh, coupled with <laughs> clueless biased commentators than the UTEP at, uh, Middle Tennessee game tonight on ESPN+. Yeah, great post there, Milkman. I thought that was very accurate, and I, I'm totally in agreement with you there. Um, our telephone number, 915-505-6009 uh, here on the program. Adam. Adam SF News. I'm a contrarian here, but this isn't a bad season by Coach Joe Golding. He has a loaded roster year one where the top three players led by Boom averaged 50 points alone. Now, that that's not accurate. These past two years under his recruiting roster average only 35. The thought or... 
Though every player, man, he wrote a lot here. Uh, though every player he recruited last year has progressed a ton statistically year over year. I think this year has been a lot of late missed shots, rough player fouls, and mesh, meshing with the new batch of recruits this year. There's at least six games where the losses were attributed to the reasons above, where coaching turnovers were spot on. Shots just didn't fall. Crappy fouls took place. Everyone wants to win now, but he's already doing better than he was at Abilene Christian, and this is his first Division One gig, also leading the NCAA in some de- defensive stats. This year is UTEP uh, men's basketball building and progression year. No one wants to play in UTEP in the Conference USA tournament, and I wouldn't doubt a fun postseason after finishing 15-16, and 16, an improvement from last year. Uh, I I disagree, man. I would say this. I'll pick it apart, and I'll say this, okay? Uh, the Sule Boom thought, okay, I'll, I'll live with you there. That's fair. And he, you're right as far as his players have recruited and progressed uh, statistically. I would be cautious about that because while Otis Frazier has progressed and Tay Hardy, what a jump from last year, I haven't seen that jump from Calvin Solomon. And that was a guy who was Conference USA, um, you know, all Conference USA recognition before the year started. So uh, where you do get some uh, success from some of the players year over year, guys like Solomon, guys like Derek Hamilton, even uh, Kevin Callu offensively, I can't call that. Um, improvement. Uh, as far as the six games where the losses were attributed to that, I agree, but I don't agree with that he is doing already better than he was at Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian was a much different build. He had to build that from the ground up. He had to play some really tough opponents on the road and win on the road in order to even, you know, uh, have some kind of notoriety and recognition. So I disagree on that. It's a completely different job here at UTEP than Abilene Christian. I think the roster philosophy moving forward will be trying to build it like Abilene Christian though I I think that's what you're seeing going young recruiting high school guys and seeing how those guys pan out early on that's just the bottom line that's what he wants on his teams so uh, Adam I appreciate it man thanks for weighing in on the show Uh, more from El Paso Visuals Deportivos coaches are going to lose value like managers in pro baseball you will need a decent coach not great and it'll only be about the players that schools can get with NIL monies. It's an interesting way of looking at it, and you know, for some schools, they might agree. Chris Banks, I've been saying that Hamilton needs more minutes, but after seeing him tonight, I understand why they don't play him much. He can barely get up and down the floor. His lack of conditioning is embarrassing. Man, that's brutal. Um, I don't know, Sal. I liked Cal. I liked his play tonight. I'm gonna be a Derek Hamilton fan. I think the busted lip stuff is is what it is. He couldn't come back because of it. But six points, four rebounds, nine minutes. I get it. Conditioning lacks at times with him, but he gives him a spark on offense. And you know what? I'll I'll tell you the Kevin Calu minute count: thirteen minutes, two points, three shot attempts, and two rebounds. I don't like that. That's a to me. That's just not. You're not getting much from the front court I, right now. I'll say this. I, although I do think uh, when it comes down to it, Hamilton was a, was more of a factor. I'm not going to dispute that. But I don't think we could just throw Calu to the wolves. There, he had two blocks today, and he was able to uh, to get some momentum going on defense and help keep UTEP in it at times but in the grand scheme of things though like hey if you would have told me this is the sample size between the two who do you want out there of course we're going to pick Hamilton but you're you're right you're you're getting more defensive production from Calu than you're getting offensive production from Hamilton so ultimately you're ultimately you're right Sal it's just not enough in my opinion like if that's your starting big you need more from him and then you give starting minutes to Calvin Solomon who had six points today four steals uh two blocks and zero turns turnovers but he had five fouls and the five fouls are the things that you'll knock in this game so um yeah that's it was a frustrating uh game and a frustrating finish for the miners uh it was a roller coaster of emotions at points i thought utep was going to win it i love the 13-0 run and then middle tennessee comes back with a 6-0 run themselves and then you know ties it by regulation ties it in the first overtime and outlasts the miners in double overtime let's get to our awards here on the program i'll let you do them sal 915-505-6009 if you want to duck in a late 
phone call here on the show. Let's start off with our hot hand of the game performance. This is brought to you by our great friends at Wind Supply El Paso. Hey, El Paso is finally, uh, you know, starting to get out of this uh, hot weather. If you need an AC, I just want to let you know Master Cool is a perfect way to stay cool. Wind Supply El Paso is the official distributor of Master Cool evaporative coolers. And if you're looking for a furnace, Champion Furnaces are the best thing with Wind Supply El Paso. Visit your nearest dealer online today at the Find a Dealer tab at windsupplyelpaso.com. Sal, where are we going here on this one? Uh, I think it's hard to go anywhere else other than John Dos Sanjos. Nice name. I'm so happy you mentioned him. Uh, uh, beautiful yes, production great one. tonight. 5 for 11 overall. 4 for 6 from Beyond the Arc, which is something the Miners have uh, desperately needed. They need somebody who can be reliable anybody, anybody. From, the, uh, from the 3. And also, um, I think we mentioned it earlier, kind of last year, he kind of came in and gave him a little bit of a spark from the three-point line. Still in it around the same time this year. So love to see that. And as active as he was, only finishes with a two fouls and zero turnovers so hot hand four of six from from long range yeah yeah jonathan desanjo's hot hand i love this award for him and uh the four three-pointers what a night for him 20 minutes of action in this one off the bench for this team and yeah jonathan desanjo's winning the hot hand of the game award i think this next one is tougher uh to accomplish tonight, Sal. It's our player of the game. Yeah. And this is brought to you by Timothy Cantrell. Uh, by the way, if you're looking for uh, to buy or sell your home here in El Paso, Texas, look no further than Timothy Cantrell. He is your trusted real estate agent with over 20 years of experience. Follow him on Instagram or Facebook at Timothy Realtor for the latest listings and tips and reach him 915-204-8441. That's 915-204-8441 for Timothy Cantrell. Where are we going here? for our player of the game. Oh my gosh, man. It's it's hard to pick. I, I really don't know who to pick here because on one hand, I'm, I'm looking at turnovers. On the other hand, I'm looking at plus minus and everything benefits a player um, that's a detriment to another when it comes to picking this award. But when it's all said and done, Adrian, man, you know what? I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I want to say Tay Hardy, but I just can't, man. Yeah, that's it's, fair. It's hard for me. To, I, to, I wouldn't go Tay Hardy on this one. As far as who else, um, man, it's it's really hard to pick. I think it's going to come down to either um, to either Zid Powell, who's another guy um, they needed a lot more production from, or is it going to be Otis Frazier? I think it has to go to Zid Powell in this one. 13 points. Uh, he had the eight rebounds. He had the five assists. He makes you frustrated at times from his shot decisions. He had a lot of looks down low in the post and couldn't convert. But he had a block. He had a steal. And I think if you're looking for his be- one of his better performances this year, I think you're going to look at this one from Zid Powell. If you're going to knock Hardy for his uh, turnovers in this matchup or for shooting the 23 attempts and making only eight, then credit Zid Powell for being you know that all-around player and the five assists the eight rebounds and the contributor for this team today 34 minutes of action for zid Powell. let's just give it to him why not sal yeah Perfect. Let's do it. Uh, and then Otis Frazier the third, eight points on two of five. I, I think he was a little passive in this matchup, uh, unlike other matchups that you see from Otis Frazier the third. They needed more from him. They needed more from Corey Camper, who is four points and two for eight tonight. Uh, just couldn't get his shot to fall. Their bench got it to fall. I mean, I love the performance from DeSanjos. Uh, Terrell had seven, although he he struggled at moments in this matchup. It wasn't the best David Terrell game. Uh, I like the six points from Derek Hamilton. And that's about it. That's uh, how the Miners ended up in this one. Another game where the Miners scored 90 points but allowed their opponents to score even more than them, 96 for Middle Tennessee, and they lose when it was all said and done. Uh, Hey, we're turning the page, looking over to next week real quickly, Sal. It is, uh, like we mentioned earlier, La Tech, Sam Houston State. You said that this team will only get one more victory out of their next five. Do they get a victory next week at home at the Haskins Center? Oh, man, it's hard, but I'm going to say yes. Okay. And, and the reason why is because 
I, I have more confidence in them winning at the Haskins Center than on the road. I have them losing to La Tech on Thursday and bouncing back to win against Sam Houston yes. State on Saturday. Exactly. That's what you have? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's what I have as well. Well, I think that let's see what happens. Uh, this team right now is 13-13. and They are 4-7 and in conference play, and I think this is how we will wind things up here on another edition of Minor Talk. I have something for you really quickly. So Porter tonight drops 41. Correct. An incredible performance. Who are the last two guys to drop 40 or more against Ooh, UTEP? Ooh, okay, I'm going to guess Jelly Walker. Okay. Is that wrong? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, I'm going to get uh, – how far back? Give me a hint. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It goes back to when Stephon Jackson played. Oh, my gosh. And that That's the um, – <laughs> wow. that's number two. The most recent one happened, um, let's say the 2019 – season okay 1819 18-19 season okay hold on just a second Let me, 18, <laughs> that one's a little bit season. harder the, yeah i think this is gonna be a good one um i have no clue on that just give it to me so I have all no right clue. that's gonna be <laughs> marshall thundering herd legend john wow. elmore 44 points oh man i'm and looking at it right now ironically enough i i put in twitter uh, on twitter rather john elmore and james harden in the search bar and people are saying he was marshall's version of james harden I love it. I love it. I I thought it was going to be Pascal Siakam on another one or maybe even a Jimmy Fredette, but it was fun, man. It took me like 20 minutes to research this, by the way. Okay, and then who else was the other one? James Harden. James Harden. What what year was that? That was, I think, 8, 9. Let me see here. I have it loaded up on the tab. Yeah, 2008, 2009 season. Wow, that's awesome. The, the CBI that is run awesome. Here. I'm looking at it right now. Final, Marshall defeated, and I, I covered this one, uh, Marshall defeated UTEP 91-86. to The Miners, uh, at this point of the season, they were 0-8 on the road. Very similar wow. to now. Wow. <laughs> I, I love it, uh, the similarities. Elmore with 44 points. Miners had 20 turnovers on the road. FEODG led the way with 22 points and 20 rebounds. Not Nigel Hawkins had 22. Jordan Lathan had 15 in this matchup. Uh, great stat there, Sal. Elmore, 44 points on the night. What a performance by him for the Thundering Herd back in 2018 or 2018-2019. That was January 31st, 2019. So good stuff there, Sal. Really like that stat. Hey, uh, if you missed any of Minor Talk, want to let you know to download our podcast. Listen wherever you listen on demand. That is Minor Talk on 600 ESPN El Paso. For Sal Montes, I'm Adrian brought us we're back at the district on thursday until then we're brought to you by the oscar arieta agency and more minor talk coming up next week right here on 600 espn el paso have a great night everybody